When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield. Back to pass, looks deep, lets it fly down the middle. It is caught! 15, 10, touchdown! Live at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, welcome to the OU Bud Light Huddle. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Also brought to you by Riverwind Casino. It's always a good time. And by Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. And that's Painters! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle. Here is your host. everybody and welcome to Rudy's on a Monday night it is time for the huddle for the next couple of hours we're going to talk OU football Sooners are 2-0 after a 28-11 win on Saturday over SMU Tulsa on the road the first road game of the season coming up this Saturday up the turnpike we're going to talk Sooner football this hour with a couple of handsome men who used to also be great OU football players that's Caleb Kelly on the end. Make him feel welcome, everyone. And this young lad is Gabe Eichard. Gabe Eichard, everybody. Young lad, I like that. Mm. You're, you're so young. You're so young. So young. And handsome, yes, Especially as well. next to me. 28 to 11. <laughs> Caleb Kelly, what should we think about Saturday? You know, I love defense wins. I love when they handle business make a play when they need to. Yeah, they got a lot of yards. But our defense showed up. And the fans, they want to see us blow everybody out 73-0 to every week. But when we have a good competition, competitive battle in SMU and we go out there and the defense shows up, 
man, y'all y'all are going to be real happy about that when we're playing Texas and all these other teams and the defense is showing up and we're we're winning these games still. So I'm excited and I'm happy. Defense was the story of the night for sure on Saturday. Gabe? Yeah, I, I think that's the takeaway from the football game. Uh, the defense continues to play really good team defense right now. And I'm sure we'll get to Danny Stutzman, his performance, mm. but – that's the thing that stands out to me. They're lined up. Their assignment sound. They're tackling yeah. really well as an entire unit. There's a lot to like on the defensive side of the ball. And then on the offensive side of the ball, the quarterback did throw for four touchdowns and no interceptions. Mm. Just want to point that out. Dog. Uh, that is, uh, that's not too shabby right now. I know we've seen a lot of really explosive offenses around here, but – SMU's a good football team. I, I feel like we tried to warn the fans that, this is, that that was a team that was good at the line of scrimmage, was an extremely talented team. They're going to win a lot of games in the American Athletic Conference. But overall, was it perfect? No. But it was, it was a good test, and I was especially pleased with how the, the defense responded. Opening segment presented by Community Coffee, family-owned Community Coffee, the official brewed coffee of OU Athletics. Taste the difference family makes. I loved that when their backs were against the wall in the fourth quarter, it got close to a three-point game. They made the big plays when they had to. That was a situation they were in several times a year ago and didn't deliver on offense or defense. Couldn't make the big play, couldn't get the big stop, and they had a great fourth quarter to pull away to the victory. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned the quarterback game. Dylan Gabriel does throw for 176 yards, four touchdowns, still no turnovers for this offense on the year, including Gabriel. He really hasn't put the ball in danger yet. What was your assessment of DG's play? Yeah, I, I thought he was solid. Now, I was surprised, right? And Jeff Levy talked about it after the game. Maybe they could have pushed it down the field more, right? And we know that that's a big part of what they want to do offensively. And we saw that in the opener against Arkansas State. So I think we all were kind of expecting to see more and more of that, right? Yeah. That aggressiveness pushing it down the field. But it's just it's not what Dylan was seeing out there on the field. Yeah. He took the throws that the defense gave him. He continues to take great care of the football and, you know, put together a nice performance. And, and that is... That's a solid defense. They're, they're going to end up playing some solid defense there in conference play. Uh, but overall, thought he made good decisions with the football, Caleb. Yeah, I think the mentality going into that game where you have a former uh, Sooner in Coach Thibodeau that's coaching D-line down there and he's talking mess all week is to run the ball. Let's out physical these guys. Let's make them show up, make tackles. And when you're in a grinder, and you get it done, you can't be mad at that. When you rush for 200 yards, when you say we're going to run this ball, we had zero passes over 20 yards. This is a, an offense that probably has two or three of those a game at least. And when we have Ty Wee Walker put the team on his back and earn his reps and Marcus Major go in and make the plays he's supposed to, 
there's nothing to be sad about. I, I'm so proud of Ty Wee. I'm so proud of the way that he's carrying himself and going in the walk-on position he's in, earning his, his reps and becoming the main guy at running back when, I mean, you talk, to, talk about it six months ago, we're thinking he might get some, some pickup reps at the like end the of the game. thought he'd be like the fourth-string running back. Right, yeah. and now he, he's, <laughs> he's our main guy. That's earned, and that takes a lot of hard work, effort, but really resiliency. And to, to have the performance that he's had the past two weeks, I mean, there's a lot of faith in handing him the ball right now. I want to talk to Ali again, but just back to Dylan real quick, Gabe. He is the best example of what I was talking about earlier, making the plays when you had to. I think it was a valid criticism of Gabriel a year ago that despite really good stats, when it came to making big plays in big moments, he, didn't, he wasn't great at that. Big third downs, big fourth downs, game on the line. He did it Saturday when it mattered. Everybody did, but especially Dylan made some big throws when he had to in the fourth. Yeah, and even you think, hey, a really nice throw and a really nice play design, touchdown gets taken away because of an yeah. illegal uh, man downfield penalty, but still not deterred, right? They come back, they end up punching it in anyways, so... I've been I've been really pleased just with how Dylan has handled the entire operation of the offense. Everything seems very he seems very in control mm-hmm. of everything, directing traffic, getting guys lined up, and then his decision making has been really, really good. I mean, anybody that watched a lot of college football on Saturday, decision making at the quarterback position <laughs> is important. Yeah. It's very, very important, and DG's been really, really solid with the decisions he's making with the football. Now, I want to see him be more aggressive, right? I liked what I saw in the Arkansas State game, right, with some of the – Do you think the lack of of going deep was the game plan, or was it option routes and he chose the check downs? I think a little bit of both, Uh right? You heard Levy say that they were probably too conservative Mm. in how they attacked that game, but he did have some opportunities. I also think – there's a discussion to be had about some of the protection and yeah, the protection breakdowns. Three yeah, there. but there are going to be opportunities, right? That's going to continue to be a large part of this offense, and you know that one's in the past now. So I'm more interested in you know what type of mentality is he going to bring to those possible deep ball situations moving forward. All right, we talked about Tawi Walker. Big night for him. 117 yards, averaged over five and a half yards a carry. Andrell Anthony, the Michigan transfer, also a very good game. Seven catches, 76 yards. He had the first touchdown of the night, wide open, right down the gut of the field. Gabe, it looks like Anthony might be becoming Dylan Gabriel's favorite target here early on. Yeah, that's that's certainly how it seems through two games, right? And in this one, we saw Andrell Anthony's speed get respected, right? A lot of cushion. From those corners from SMU going, I don't want to watch this guy run by me. (laughs) Which, how can they build on that moving forward? But, yeah, with his speed, you know, at that size, guy's going to get open a lot. And if if Dylan continues to go to him, I I expect Andrell to continue to make make plays. Yeah, Andrell is somebody that, I think has surprised the coaching staff a little bit. Not in the speed, but in he the fast. toughness. 
Mm. Yeah, because he's fast. And we knew he was fast. That's why we went and got him. But the toughness he displayed, there are a lot of shots he's taking every time he's catching a five-yard slant. There are a lot of hits he's catching on the sideline from turning up field. And Andrell's just continuing to take it and make those plays happen. I mean, Andrell's had, I think for the room, he's, he's had a huge surprise for uh, and just upbringing for all fans, for all the team, that now this ball can get spread out a little bit more because they are respecting him the way that, that they are. The, the thing that has surprised me the most about him, because the speed was, I mean, it was well documented, yeah. right? You look at the height, weight, the speed. We were obviously excited when he chose Oklahoma, but the toughness as a blocker has surprised me. Mm. And that is something that it's clear to me just watching these guys during these games, like Emmett Jones must be on them constantly oh, yeah. about it. Constantly. Oh, yeah. I now, heard him yelling today. And, Andrell, he has that's, – that's what has stood out to me. And I'm a believer in football karma, right? If you block for your buddy, if you do the dirty work, the football tends to find you, mm-hmm. right, at the skill positions. And when you turn on the tape, whether they're throwing those bubbles, getting out on, you know, some of the running back perimeter screen game, like number five is always battling mm-hmm. as a blocker. And that, that has surprised and impressed me. The rundown from our producer, Grant Wade, did not include offensive line, but I know better than to not allow this man to talk we about the to. offensive line. So what would you think Saturday night? Needs to be better. Now, there were some good things. There are always some good things. It's never as bad as you think it is. It's never as good as you think it is. But I expect more out of some of the veteran players in that group. Now, Savion Bird, he's got to play at a higher level. Yeah. Right? Troy Everett, I thought he did some nice things coming in. We'll see how that situation at left guard works out. Right? We'll see how it works out. Whoever earns the starting job, We'll be out there first against Tulsa. And real quick, do you think it's more technique or what are, what are we lacking there? It, for Savion, I, I always believe the easiest thing when it comes to offensive line play, the, the way you can play fast and physical is you have no hesitation what your assignment is. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I don't doubt that he's prepared. I just don't know how much confidence he has. Like, he hasn't played. Yeah. And confidence in those situations when you're feeling the pressure of the game and you're having to think as quickly as they think, you know, playing with that tempo, yeah. you gain confidence by doing it over and over and over again and playing at a high level. Right. So, you know, he, he did not play particularly well to start off the game, and that's why we saw Biedenboe go to Everett. And Everett did some good things, right? He'll, he'll get in there and battle, but my hope is – did Everett get in those reps? It'll bring depth to the interior of the line because I think I think he's also the backup center. Yeah. So I, I think those are valuable reps for Everett for this season and for the future. But yeah, Savion he's he's a more talented guy, mm-hmm. and my hope is he puts it all together. Right. Right. And that that experience because that's not fun, man. Mm-hmm. Getting pulled out of the game like that that's not fun. Mm-hmm. And my hope is that will kind of jumpstart things for him, like a moment of realization, like, oh, I, I better pick it up. Right, right. 
little that's what I'm hoping kick in the backside. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk defense. The uh, defense was outstanding on Saturday night. They've surrendered only 11 points through the first eight quarters of the season. We're talking D next on the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. The huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E and brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively, Mathis Home, and Devon Energy. Riverwind Casino, it's always a good time. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Second and five. 14-3, Sooners lead at 8.20 to go third quarter. Handoff again, Knighton finds a hole left side, watch out, 50 into Sooner territory, Key Lawrence chases, Ooh. he knocks the ball out loose, it's on the field, recovered by Stutzman. There's your turnover. Key Lawrence knocked it out of the hands of Jalen Knighton. And guess who was there? Danny Boy. What a night, what a night for Danny Stutzman. Welcome back to the huddle, everybody. You know, it's uh, it's been raining today. It does, I feel like we need a little, <laughs> we need a little boost. Oh, An infusion yeah. of energy. I, I think this is the perfect segment because we're gonna start talking defense and I know yeah. Caleb is fired up about that. Sooners hold the Mustangs to 11 points, fewest points SMU has scored in a game since 2017. Mm. Eight of those points came on a touchdown drive with a lot of penalties in it that were, you know, but still, they got there. Questionable. We got to start with uh, Danny Stutzman. 17 tackles, a sack, a fumble recovery. He was the, is the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. Walter Camp National Defensive Player of the Week. Caleb Kelly, he was sensational. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I got the inside scoop. If y'all don't know, I do work at the University of Oklahoma football staff here. And so I'm getting these inside scoops. Last week it was Dylan. This week it's Danny Stutzman, Stephen Daniel Stutzman. His first name is Stephen. Stephen, if okay. you didn't know it, baby. Well, that's good and to know, this yeah. is what he texts me at 106, about 54 minutes before the game starts. When I step on that field, I'm the baddest mutt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Can't yeah. say that. Right. Yeah. And after the game, I returned. I said, you were not lying. <laughs> <laughs> and you saw that play all game. He's in every single tackle. Like, every 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 drive, he has at least two, three tackles. And it's the work ethic he's put in. He's making plays where they're hustle plays, jumping on a forced fumble. Key Lawrence, I love the way he played as well. But, man, Danny, Danny's earned it. It's time for him to have his breakout season. It's time for him to show that he can use his hands, that he can play in space, that he has the speed, that he's going to be our next guy. It's time to get a butt kiss back in Norman. And I think if anybody's going to do it, it might as well be Danny Stutzman. I let me know if you guys disagree, but he looked like the best player on the field. I agree. Right. And I don't think that's some life altering analysis that I just provided, but it might be the first time you could say that about a defensive player at OU in a few years. I do you guys agree? Do you look like the best player on the field? That's what I mean, and that's those are the type of impact players you need. 
mm-hmm. right? And, you know, he's still, he's still relatively young, right? A true junior. Yeah. So for him to, it, it seems like everything has slowed down. He's way calmer on the field. He's way more efficient in his movements. Like no longer do you see him directing traffic before the snap, right when the yeah. ball's being snapped. No, no, he's set. The defense is set. He was all over the misdirection plays that they tried to run. Yeah. And, and this is Ted. This is how Ted describes it. He's just seeing it all, right? And that comes with experience yeah. and, and reps and understanding how you fit within the structure of the defense and how everyone fits within the structure of the defense. It, it all appears to just be coming together for him. It took some time, right? And there were some growing pains, yeah. but, man, did he look good on Saturday. We've had some uh, linebackers at OU through the years that were pretty good football players. A lot of them also, you know, maybe not plugged in correctly upstairs. Like All of them. Boz. They're all crazy people. <laughs> Teddy. Stutzman fits right in, Ben. He's uh, he had quite a Calmus night. Calmus may have been the craziest of them all for the stories Ted's got. That's right. Uh, 17 tackles, a sack, a fumble recovery. Great night, but not everything was great for Danny Stutzman on Saturday night. He oh, posted no. this picture after the game that when he got back to his parking spot, his car had been towed during the football game. That is your Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Danny How? Stutzman. Okay. Do you have any details on that? I don't. I, I Here's what I assume happened. He forgot to put up his parking pass or he didn't park in the designated area because they usually park on well, – I should probably not say this. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. there's – so, for those of you that don't realize, you – you stay in a hotel the night before a home game, uh, right? So you park your car. You then get on a bus. You still go to the movie? Yep. If go to the movie, then you go to the game. hotel. Yeah. yeah. So there is, like, you leave your car there for a little bit, right? There's going to be so many Did he leave it in the week. wrong spot? Yes. That's what Come I was on, getting Stutzman. <laughs> All these compliments. It's I'm talking mi- about his awareness. It's the only and- mistake he made in uh, about a 48-hour span. Hey, if – if his car has to get towed every game for him to play that way, yeah. we must do what we, what, what create, we must do. We'll create a, an NIL for his uh, for car towing, towing expenses. Yeah, very it's good. Perfect. Uh, how about the defensive line, Caleb? Again, the sack numbers aren't real high, yeah. but, boy, it sure felt like they made Preston Stone's life pretty miserable on yeah. Saturday. There were a lot of pressures. I think I counted five or six missed sack opportunities. And Danny even had one himself, not to talk bad on him, but the opportunities that these guys have do not come every play. And so the emphasis of, oh, I'm, I'm getting held or where R. Mason has a chance at a sack and he gets held, and th- that's true, that happens. you got to find a way. There has to be so much passion and desire in making those plays that you have to get to the quarterback. You, you, it, it's essential to wins down the road. Now – Run game, man, those boys on the interior, they're taking up two, three blocks. Those interior D linemen, they they can't run the ball the way they want to. No team has so far, and I don't think in the future a bunch of teams are going to be able to. But when it comes to the sack numbers, these guys are getting opportunities, and they're getting in their face, they're causing havoc, but essentially it's not enough to be elite. Are you saying that like last year – 
the opposing offensive lines continue to do an amazing job of not holding <laughs> our pass rush. Yeah. Stunningly good at how, how they don't get called for holding. Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We're it's not in the conference play yet, though. So and now, there's there have been a couple guys that have stood out to me. Uh, first in the interior, that's usually you know where I'm focusing when I'm watching a lot of the time. I really like what I've seen from Jonah Laulu. Yeah, I mean size, length. He's playing with good pad level. When I watch our defensive line, he's in, in the interior, guys. He's the top guy where I I look at him like I don't. He doesn't look very fun to block that guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which big guy with a single digit always looks big good guy, too. single digit, long <laughs> arms, knows how to use them, you know, plays with good techniques, got a really good motor. I, I've been impressed, right? It's not easy to go, you know, you go from breathing that fresh air out on the edge. Yeah. To, ooh, it's swampy yeah. there. It, in the middle. it takes a man to be in the middle. No, and he it's he's swampy. done it. He's done a really nice job. I, I've been impressed. Bothroyd. He the production like when you look at the the stat sheet, it, it's not eye popping, but I think he's been really disruptive. Yeah, he has. And then Ethan Downs, that guy was flying around on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, he was playing with tremendous effort. He's moving better. Yeah. This year, uh, I think the violence with his hands ha has gotten ramped up a little bit. Yeah. Now there's there's some things to be excited about, but yeah, you. You want more tackles for loss. You want more sacks. Like, we all want that. But they're playing really good as a unit. Yeah. And it is hard to get sacks when you're rushing three and you're right. up. And so you're dropping eight guys and only three guys are rushing. There's five linemen there. You, a lot of times SMU is doing max protection. But you got to find a way. With the belief in yourself, the belief in the system, we're not doing a, a, a lot of stunts right now. We may be saving that for down the road. We're not – you have your opportunity. You got to go get it. I mean, we we have depth to where, especially in the interior, there's about five guys that can all start at a different point in time during throughout the season. So when the talent is all even like that, they need to push each other, compete with each other, and be really hungry for those those stats and those big plays. And when they get the opportunities, you can't just go for a sack. You got to go get a strip sack, these game-changing plays, because the ability is there. It's there, and that's what's frustrating when you only have two sacks in two weeks because our D-line has the talent. They just need to go make the plays, and it's time to do it. Secondary was solid, but the guy to highlight there, I think, was the freshman, Peyton Bowen. We can kind of transition this into uh, special teams as well because he blocked a punt, mm. several tackles, almost had a pick on a fourth down play where he busted up a pass. Second collegiate game, Gabe, and already you can see why this kid was a five-star and so highly sought after. Yeah, and we – the impressive thing that, you know, I didn't know, we, we filmed Coach's Corner earlier today, and they said as far as the pump block, he's not even the guy that's supposed to be blocking it. Mm -hmm. He just did it kind of instinctually because yep. the guy that's supposed to be going on the block got blocked, so Peyton Bowen said, well – Maybe I should just go block it, and that's exactly what he did. He doesn't know any better yet. And it, it, kind of, it kind of speaks to what we've heard about him the second he got here. Yeah. Just like the football IQ is Elite. really, really high. And, man, he, he plays with speed. I, I think we're going to continue to see him have a larger and larger role 
on this defense just because, I mean, the talent yeah. and the intelligence are, I mean, they're way up there. Football IQ for fans is everything when you're a freshman because, yeah, you're a five-star. I'll tell you, my first meeting with Coach Mike Stoops, he had me stand up on the board and say, give me an overfront. And I turned around and said, yeah, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And so to have Peyton come That's in. That's on your high school, how, How'd coach? that go over? I didn't start till game seven. Yeah, okay. So, well, there you go. <laughs> so to see the amount of reps that Peyton Bowen has, he's playing three positions. Uh -huh. He knows three positions as a true freshman. And special teams. And special teams. I mean, this kid is, he's different. And five-star athletically, oh, yeah, you can label a five-star. But the mental side on top of it is so unique to him and him alone, and that's what I think is the best thing about Peyton Bowen. Sooner defense did not allow a touchdown for the first seven quarters of the season. First time they've done that since 1999. Mm. That was the first year of the Bob Stoops era. We'll take a break. Up next, the Golden Hurricane of Tulsa. Kevin Wilson, now their head coach. We'll talk about this week's matchup on the road when we come back here on The Huddle. The Huddle is brought to you by OU's football games were available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside of the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the Varsity Network app and listen free. Welcome back to the huddle. It's time to go behind enemy lines now brought to you by the Riverwind Casino. It's always a good time. Tulsa up next. Sooners will be in Chapman Stadium 2.30 on Saturday afternoon. The Kane one and one so far this year. They had a blowout victory in week one. Suffered a lopsided loss at Washington last week. You can see what they've done statistically there so far. They have not allowed much on the ground. They've given up some pretty big passing numbers, especially to Michael Penix Jr. Last week, he went for 409 against him through the air up in Seattle. Kevin Wilson, the former Sooner offensive coordinator, first-year head coach now at TU. Gabe, what do, you, what do we know about the Golden Hurricane? Well, we know that Kevin Wilson probably going to take some time, right? You know, Tulsa... You know, made the decision to move on from the previous coach. He takes over, and they're, as I've watched them over the last couple of days, just not a ton of talent on that football team right now. But I think if they give Kevin Wilson time with the type of coach that he is, and he remember, he, he was the reason I was at OU. He recruited me. Um, he was the reason I got my scholarship offer uh, to come play tight end for him, and I can coach. He is as intense as you'll ever see a coach. And, but he, he does a tremendous job of getting the most out of his players. 
right? I've never seen a coach get as much out of his players as Kevin Wilson did when he was at OU. But, yeah, there's just – they don't have a ton of speed at the skill positions offensively. They don't have a ton of speed in the back end of the defense. It's just I – th- I think it's going to take some time for him – to build that roster up, and I'm hoping that, you know, with it being Tulsa, that he does it with a lot of Oklahoma kids. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I think Tulsa, when you look at them, it's more about this OU logo and who they're playing against. The Tulsa kids are the kids that didn't get the offer from Oklahoma. I mean, you look at their roster, and it over 50%, is within a five-mile radius of, of Tulsa. Dallas, OKC area, all the kids in Oklahoma that didn't get that shot they wanted. <clears throat> so when they play on Saturday, it's with a chip on their shoulder. It's about, I got to show this team that they missed out on something. I got to show this team that they didn't, that, that they didn't recruit the way they were supposed to. And... Coach Venables is big on recruiting Oklahoma now, but previous wasn't as big on it. And so for them, it's all about that passion and that I bet on myself, I stayed home, and now I got to show them what they're missing out. That's what I think the biggest thing is going to be this weekend. This team's coming in really hungry. You look back to when Rufus Alexander is playing them, and that game's close because these guys are playing with so much heart. They feel like they've been disrespected. They're trying to go get that respect. One of the most famous Bob Stoops halftime speeches was at TU when I think it was 3 nothing at halftime back in the early 2000s, and uh, he reportedly peeled the paint off the wall, and they came out and played fantastic. He'd do that every once half. in a while. He's capable. <laughs> He's capable. Uh, Cardell Williams and Roman Fuller, their quarterbacks, they played a couple of guys already so far this year. There's a familiar name at the skill position for them, Braylon Presley, was at Oklahoma State, now wide receiver for Tulsa. He's a dangerous weapon for them. Yeah, guy can run, right? When you think about guys that can do damage for them at the skill spots, he's probably the name at the top of the list, yep. right? Not, not a big guy, right, when you look at height and weight, but you know, speed, speed. So that's definitely a guy that Oklahoma's defense is, is going to have a plan for. Yeah, I just think looking at, their situation, they're playing two quarterbacks. They got a young guy that is athletic, and he can probably run a little better than Fuller. Uh, Williams can run a little better than Fuller just naturally. But there's experience with Fuller being a junior, and he's had a couple reps last year. They're still trying to find themselves. And when you're switching quarterbacks, that's, that's a position where everybody's looking to for leadership, for experience, for big plays. And they have some ability. They've scored touchdowns, 100 yards, over 100 yards passing last week and against a good Washington defense. But I think this team, this team is going to have to spread us out or do something exotic, have all the crazy plays, try to get us on a, an onside kick, do all the things that it's going to have to be a grudgy win for them. That's, that's the mentality going in. And it's up to our – our defense to handle business the way that they've been handling. Sounds like Kevin Wilson, you know, all the tricks and whist- bells and whistles. Yeah. And you, yeah. you know, That's this game means a lot to him. The, there, there's no doubt about it. And Kevin Wilson, make no mistake about it, he's one of the best offensive minds in all of college football. 
right? You just think about where he's been, the people he's worked under, you know, his time even at Indiana when he was the head coach. Like, the guy knows offense. But the easiest way to prevent him from dialing up really anything is just dominate the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. right? And that's what you need to see from Oklahoma's defensive yeah. line, right? You need to see, you know, your best concepts go out the window when you can't block anybody. Right. Like, it doesn't matter how good of a play designer you are, you know, how, how much you feel you can exploit holes in the defense. If you can't block the guys along the defensive line, you ain't going to have a chance. No chance. What did Mike Tyson say? Every, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Correct. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> I, I am uh, I'm excited to see those beautiful road white uniforms for the first time this year <laughs> on Saturday. Is it Saturday. really a road game, though? Uh, well, I mean, it's technically, yes. It is a road <laughs> game, but I would imagine we will see a fair percentage of crimson in the crowd at Chapman first State. First sellout in, on Saturday. What, 20 years or something? Yeah, I bet be you a lot of OU fans bought season tickets. For that, just to go to this game. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think we're going to have a great crowd up there. We always do when Support we go on the Tulsa, road. though. It's good. I like that. All right, when we come back, we're talking Big 12. Wow, what a night for the Texas Longhorns down in Tuscaloosa. A couple of other Big 12 teams off to an 0-2 start. We're talking about the league next here on The Huddle. The Huddle is brought to you by the Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access radio pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every day. Log on to Soonersports.com slash podcast or search Sooner Sports Podcast in your favorite podcast provider. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind Casino. The best place to gear up for game day is shop.soonersports.com. Sooner fans, be sure to check out Soonersports.com for your chance to win Red River Rivalry football tickets from Love's Travel Stops and Riverwind Casino. In a compact formation here. The back is Walker. Throw, slant, caught by Farouk at the 10, breaks a tackle, Ooh. makes a move! Touchdown! Double OQ! And he left the pony laundry on the field! What a move! Jalil Farouk announced himself a quiet week one for number three, but boy, that was uh, quite a move he put on to get into the end zone there in the fourth quarter as the Sooners win it 28 to 11. How about the rest of the Big 12 this past weekend? As we are not far away from conference play, the Sooners, of course, will be in Cincinnati next weekend. Kansas got a win on Friday night over that Illinois. That score is not indicative of the beatdown they gave Illinois. K-State's 2-0. I agree with you. West Virginia up big. There's the game that everybody in the country was talking about. Texas goes mm. into Tuscaloosa, really handles mm. Alabama. BYU's 2-0. Cincinnati got a road win at Pitt. Man, if they could win again this week, that is going to be quite a scene when the Sooners go up to the Queen City a week from Saturday. Baylor 0-2. They lose to Utah. Iowa State falls to Iowa. Texas Tech 0-2. They kind of caved in the fourth quarter against Oregon. So Texas Tech and Baylor, two teams that when the season started, we thought might be in contention for the conference, maybe still will be 0-2. UCF gets a walk-off field goal to beat Boise State. TCU bounces back. Houston falls in two overtimes to Rice. 
and the Cowboys go out to the desert and get past Arizona State. Obviously, Texas is a story here. As much as Caleb, all of us hate to say it, they look good. Yeah, yeah, they look good. But I'll tell you my favorite part about Texas beating Alabama. When we go whoop Texas this year, what's the SEC going to say? I mean, these two teams coming into the SEC, they're not going to do this, not going to do that. Shoot. Yeah. I like the storyline coming up. <laughs> it, it, it does create an interesting dynamic within the Big 12 Conference this season. I know we're all excited for next year in the SEC, but, you know, Texas now, you know, they they got a target on their chest, target on their back. Like, everyone was watching that game across the country, and it's just going to make it that much more difficult for them in conference play. Like, what a win over them will mean this season now that they went down to Tuscaloosa and did that. you you got to give credit where it's due, yeah. right? Even even when it's the arch rival, you got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, They were the more physical team. They were the more explosive and athletic team. They were the better coach football team. They were the more disciplined football team. It's a really, really impressive performance. It's the first time Bama's lost by double digits on that field since 2004. Wow. First time saving. That's the worst loss at home in Nick Saban's Alabama tenure. Yeah. I mean, just doesn't, doesn't happen, man. So it's, it's impressive. Now I say worst loss. That first year, I don't really count that first year he was there. <laughs> we, we, uh, we're a ways away, but it does set up if the two teams can navigate things between now and then. I mean, they're always big, but, you know, this could be uh, a really, really big Red River Rivalry come October. Yeah. That, that Texas defense has a lot of playmakers. Mm -hmm. Ford in the middle with four interceptions last year already has one this year. He dropped one in that game. I <laughs> talked to him about it today on my radio show. He, I mean. Went through his hands. They caught it for a touchdown. Their, their defense is going to show up. And last year our offense just truly didn't. And so now having Dylan and – Playing in that game, it, I mean, Lord willing, getting us to it and us handle our business weekend, go 1-0 and every single week until then. But, man, that's going to be fun. That's going to be yeah. a great game. The team, I would say this, the team can't look ahead, but we can. Absolutely <laughs> we can. That's our job. Colorado, Deion's 2-0. They whipped up on Nebraska oh Saturday. Oh, my gosh, Jeff Sims. Yeah. It's, Turnover machine. It was not a good day wow. for Sims. How about Miami beating Texas A&M? Jimbo and hot I'd water. I one there? of the best players on that defense for Miami is OU transfer Jaden Davis. He has, great, has the forced fumble to kind of finish this game up for him. This is not a great slate this upcoming week in college football. You do have a couple of intriguing matchups in the SEC. Tennessee at Florida. South Carolina goes to Georgia. You've got K-State going to Missouri. Uh, Big 12 SEC matchup there. Not really a strong slate, though, across the country. No ranked-on-ranked matchups. Yeah. Zero. Which means we're going to have a wealth of upsets probably yeah, well, across the country. <laughs> game day's going to Colorado. Well, I don't blame Colorado, them. Colorado State. The whole world can't get enough of Dion yeah, right now. They're just trying to so. make some money. They <laughs> smacked Nebraska. Yeah, they did. But yeah, everybody did. is blowing up the Nebraska win as if – I mean, last year Nebraska lost to – that was the only win Colorado had last year. Right. I mean, that's three years in a row, and I'm not saying that Colorado isn't handling business. I was rooting for him against TCU. I just thought, hey, give him a shot. But 
they're going to have to beat some real deal teams like TCU to really prove it for me. I, I think he's already accomplished. I mean, people are t- – t- Colorado is the focus of college football. Right. Mission yeah. accomplished. From off the radar. If you're Deion Sanders. And there are a couple things about that football team. Man, they're well coached. Yeah. They're disciplined. Right? They got Don't athletes. get a lot of pe- – they, they and then they got – Athletes, athletes at the skill spots, and Shador Sanders is legit. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't know how he was going to do at the Power Five level. He's accurate, yeah. good decision maker, really mobile when it comes to extending plays. I mean, that two point conversion throw he had—it's a fantastic play. The guy, the guy can play. They're going to lose some games, right? Because they're going to be out talented at the line of scrimmage by some teams in the Pac-12, but. They look good. Coach Prime's doing a good job. Bold predictions for OU Tulsa when we come back to wrap up the huddle next. <laughs> the huddle is brought to you by our cornerstone partners, OU Health, Valor Auto Group, OG&E, Coca-Cola, and Anheuser-Busch. Final segment of the huddle brought to you by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, the official beef jerky of the Big 12. What's your beef by Old Trapper? Great for tailgating at football games, out hunting or fishing, or just an everyday snack. We always close with a bold prediction for this week's game. We're not doing very good. Last week, Caleb said Andrell Anthony over 100 yards. He had a great game, but he didn't quite get to 100. 14 yards away. Gabe Eichard, Trace Ford, two sacks. Again, really nice game, but didn't get two sacks. Played well. Got close a couple times, but Preston Stone can move a little bit, unfortunately. I predicted OU would have a defensive touchdown. They did not, so we went over. Idiots. We went over. Let's do better this week. Caleb, what's your bold prediction for OUTU? I'm taking yours. Against Tulsa, first away game, defense has to show up. First defensive touchdown. Okay. Stealing yours this week. I like it. Yeah, it's going to happen sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe? So you mentioned – and looking at the passing stats, right, didn't have a ton of explosive plays. Yep. My prediction, and we'll have to get Stats Kelly on this, I'm saying it's got to be bold, right? Yeah, well, that's called, bold. It's called bold seven, prediction. Seven passing plays of 20 yards or more. Mm. Specifically passing plays. Yes. Okay. All right. I think. I think there's potential for a big day through the air. We're thinking along the same lines because my bold prediction, and I had it written down here already. I was going to say 400, so what were you going to say? A Dylan Gabriel throws for over 350 yards. Mm. Okay. Is that not bold enough? No, I like it. Okay. Because yeah. I think at some point, you know, at some point, if things are going well, it won't be Dylan Gabriel anymore. Right. So it's a good point. If you're going to get to 350, you better do it quick if things are going well. And, yeah, and we hope see, and I, I said 7 of 20-plus. It could be anybody. I get Jackson Arnold in that equation as well. That's, ex- oh, exact- that that's exactly right. So hopefully and we do. I know do- he wants to rip it down the field. <laughs> hopefully we do better. Before we go, how about Baker Mayfield 1-0 as the uh, quarterback hey. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? So happy for him. Yeah. Flag man. So, hey, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big year for him, right? 
kind of a prove it year, like to yeah. prove that you're a starting quarterback yeah. in that league and for them to go. Tiny shoes to fill, too, coming uh, after Tom Brady <laughs> yeah, there. No so. kidding. But for them to go uh, on the road, Minnesota, and get a win like that, big time. Attaboy, Baker. Marvin Mims, a couple of catches in his first game with the Denver Broncos. C.D. Lamb, four catches last night in that big Dallas oh, Cowboys oh my gosh. romp Whooped over them. the New York Giants. It was a bloodbath. Well. Yeah, it wasn't pretty if you're a Giants fan. That's going to do it for us for the huddle. For Caleb Kelly and Gabe Eichert, I'm Toby Rowland. Stick around. Brent Venables and Teddy Lehman coming up next. Boomer Sooner, everybody. On the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield, you've been listening to the OU Bud Light Huddle live at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Presented by Bud Light. Easy to drink, easy to enjoy. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. And by Walden Cleaners. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.